this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm Luce, and I'm Evan. I'm Santa's little helper, and I'm Ronnie. If you can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a Yule-themed uh, <laughs> podcast where we discuss all of the latest and greatest, craziest Christmas cravings. Uh, but before, <laughs> what are your Christmas cravings? We are currently we are currently covering Elliot Page's and Ian Daniels' vacation. Uh, but before we get into that, I have a bit. What's the bit? What's the bit? What's the bit? The bit is Tim Allen fun facts. Everyone has to name one Tim Allen fun fact. Do they have to be real or can we just make them up? You can make them up. I have a real one locked, loaded, and ready to go. And the first (laughs) Tim Allen fun fact is that Tim Allen is a little bitch and I could beat him up. You probably could. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a. He's a dumb, soft old man. He's a brittle old man. I could kick his ass. But, I mean, we we can list more Tim Allen fun facts. (laughs) Um, The film that he was in that people like is Galaxy Quest, correct? Yeah. That's probably the main one. Yeah. Yeah. that's That's arguably the only good one. Sure. I mean, people like the Santa Claus, but... It's I have uh, memories of the Santa Claus. I don't think that's the same as liking the Santa Claus. I think Fair. many people get these confused. I think I people guess, like the elf who turns hot when he got yeah, older. Yeah, that was well no, he was an adult even in the original Santa Claus. Yeah, I was gonna oh, say hot. yeah. Definitely a hot elf at the time. Was it Barnabas? Um, Barnaby? Barnaby? Barnaby. Barnaby. Yeah, he was the hot one. Um, so Galaxy Quest, I actually mm-hmm. just heard an interview, um, with the, I think it was the director or, or someone that was on set, um, where, uh, you know, Tim Allen had had a, a scene that was particularly, you know, emotionally taxing. Um, and, uh, the director was kind of telling the story. He's like, oh, I shouldn't tell this story. I shouldn't tell this story. And, he decided to sell it anyway. And he was, Tim Allen was saying, you know, this, this, I don't like the feelings I'm having right now. Like, I don't, I don't like the emotions that I, that I'm experiencing. He's like, I, I think I want to go back to the trailer. And everyone was like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, whatever you need to do. And as he's walking out of the room, Alan Rickman kind of says to the room, I think he just experienced acting for the first time. <laughs> I saw that. I saw yeah. a transcript of that, and I also yeah. it gave me a chortle. That's a very it good, a good. It gave me a good little hee hee. That's a yeah. very good Tim Allen fun fact. Yeah, it's more of an Alan Rickman fun fact that he is an excellent judge of character. Um, mm-hmm. But Alan Rickman yeah. knows what's up. Oh, for sure. 
Um, this is not a fun fact, but I firmly believe it to be true. Uh, we all know that that Tim Allen voted for Trump, and therefore uh, you should go to his house and and just heckle him. Sure. Yeah. Or his place of business, wherever whatever you want to do. Get behind him in line at the Starbucks. Yeah, he voted for Trump, and therefore you should um, annoy him to death. Here's, here's the thing. It won't be very hard to find him, because i got to imagine he's not wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah, you're almost certainly right. In 1994, Tim Allen had a best-selling novel called Don't Stand Close to Naked Men, which was about his time in prison for selling cocaine. Oh, I did know that. He was busted he, at the airport at, like, he was he, in he his early 20s. He tried to sell 20s. it to a cop. No, he was trafficking it. He had a bunch of I cocaine. I know he was trafficking it, but and, he tried to sell it to a cop. Anyway, he sold out his buddy. He he snitched. He's a rat. Um. Also in 1994, he had the highest-rated TV sitcom... And that's when the Santa Claus came out, and it was, like, the highest-grossing movie of that year. So in 1994, Tim Allen was basically king, and thank God that the king is dead. Uh, another fun fact is that he used to cuss out the elves, who were played by fucking children, in the Santa Claus. Because he was uncomfortable wearing the suit, so he would just cuss out the little kids so that they wouldn't let them come to his trailer. Because they all wanted to see Santa. Hmm. That's... that. That checks out. I believe yeah. that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I I assume you're correct on that, but I do know for sure that he did uh, traffic cocaine and did. <laughs> that's real. That's a for real I, fun I, fact. I, I you should look it. up. You should look up his mugshot. It's he, hilarious. Yeah, and he sold out his buddy who was also trafficking cocaine and got a reduced sentence for it. What a little bitch! I shouldn't use gendered language. What an awful little twerp. What a terrible, terrible wretch. What and a then, bad man. And then in 1995, Toy Story came out where he, he plays a prominent uh, role. Yeah, gosh, funny how gosh, that happened. What? I, I mean... It's amazing I, how someone can tank their own career so hard. It's, it's just It's like, amazing the plot armor you get for being a mediocre white man in any industry. Yeah. But it's also like... I, I get. I don't agree with him to any extent, but I totally understand. I guess why he's against the whole like, quote unquote, consequence culture, cancel culture, because he would not have a career if it was today. And oh, he sure. was bust, busted for coke, and he's like, "I'm gonna star in two more children's movies, and uh, make the one a trilogy, make the other one a quadrilogy, and also I'm gonna be on uh, a family sitcom." For the next like ten years, is that cool with everybody? It wouldn't. It wouldn't have happened. This is and fine. I mean, I think Toy Story would have happened no matter what. Um, the Santa I have Claus. To assume that all of the voice acting for Toy Story was done a long time before Toy Story came out. They did the voice like uh, I guess I I don't know firsthand, but typically in animated movies, they do all of the voice work first and then they do the animation to match the voice work. Oh, no, of course, of course. I just, I mean, like, if if they were like, ooh, we can't have Tim Allen anymore, they would have slotted in somebody else to play in that role. Like, who who otherwise would have had, like, a great career. Um, Santa Claus probably would not have happened. And that, I don't think that's a great loss to society. 
and uh, Home Improvement wouldn't have had would have had only three or four seats. We maybe we'd be covering Home Improvement on this show. I've never uh, seen Home Improvement. Fun fact I, about I me. watched a lot of Home Improvement, and there's definitely a lot of problematic shit about it. Um, I was I was all of all of the sitcoms, the TV TV Land and Nick at Night sitcoms that are like awful now, like Home Improvement and Roseanne. And everything, not not that they were great back then, but like I was, I was in them because that was my, that was my genre of choice. Oh, sure. No, we didn't know better at the time. Nah. No, none of us little baby, little babies knew any better. The nineties were weird. The nineties were weird. So you could get, weird. You could get busted, uh, dealing Coke, distributing Coke. And then he you had could, like that- a pound and a half of Coke on him. It was not like a baggie of Coke. It was like. A lot of coke. And then you could be Santa Claus. Yeah. And then you could be Santa Claus. You could just do that. Yeah. Gosh. I mean, but but nowadays, you know, the 90s are weird, but nowadays, you know, conservatives in Hollywood are treated like they're Nazis. So, you know, it's it's like it's like Nazism against the conservatives in Hollywood. <laughs> Maybe so, they should so, be dealing so, coke. So you pick. You pick which, which era you'd rather be living in, huh? Huh? God, I hate Tim Allen. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a bad man. He's a dumb bad man. It just sucks. Like it's just like I don't know. You know who's awesome? Who's that? Elliot Page. Elliot Page fucking rules. Goddamn king. The king. The greatest. He's the best. We're gonna I assume we're gonna put a little like disclaimer on our prior episodes because yes. he only came out literally today, today as yeah. we're recording this uh so we're gonna unless we make some little oopsies in there we're gonna use his correct name and pronouns from here on out so apologies for our previous episodes where we didn't know any better though yeah, nobody you- nobody knew any better so if you're listening to those episodes in the future rest assured Nobody knew any better. We're on the cutting edge of this information. You just came out today. (laughs) This very day. If if you are listening to this because you listened to those previous episodes and you caught the disclaimer and you're like, huh, I don't really want to listen to, you know, people even, you know, who didn't have an an opportunity to correctly uh, gender somebody. Um, If you've landed here because this is the episode where we begin doing it correctly, welcome. No, no shame for for skipping those early ones if if that will uh, not not land with you very well. Um, but yeah, just today we got that news. Yeah. Um, and I was for a second like, you know, uh, Andy, you had sent a, sent along the Instagram um, post, and I was like, Ooh, maybe we should like not talk about it, just like launch in because clearly this is something that you know. I wasn't sure how much they were they were looking to keep it under wraps, um, but then it was trending on Twitter immediately, and Variety had picked it up and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, yeah, I saw like eight articles, which yeah. to their credit, I was very pleasantly surprised at how good of a job all of the news articles I saw did with like handling the the not date dead naming situation. Yeah. They would like refer to a show or a movie he was in and like use the correct name to make it clear who he was without having to. It was it was very good. They they clearly like 
had somebody advising on how to handle right. that situation. Well, I mean, so if you're going to write an article that is primarily this person is going by he they now, you should at least like that like follow your headline all the way through to the end of the art. Like, oh, I mean, be, sure, I, you would be think, surprised. You would I, think I, I, granted, they have not yes, always yes. done like that. Uh, is fair. It wasn't that long ago that Caitlyn Jenner came out and uh, they did not do nearly yeah. as well with that situation. Yeah, I was trying so. to think of when the last, um, you know, celebrity uh, transgender person was and like that kind of made headlines like this. And I, I think Caitlyn Jenner probably was the last one. And that was just weird. Mm, mm-hmm. That was a weird time in our history. The yeah. best tweet I saw today about it was that we now have on screen gay Iceman. <laughs> and uh that that gave me a good chuckle uh especially since i talked about iceman uh the comic at the mm-hmm. the start of our gaycation coverage yeah 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 yeah. all right i guess we should talk about the show that we came yeah let's talk about, about gaycation yeah so in these two episodes uh ian and elliot went to india and then they went to france um India is a very complex nation to look at from a Western perspective because their culture is just so fundamentally different from ours. Even the way that they've like included Western culture in their recent history is a complicated thing to examine. And it's, it's very, it's very multi-layered, but um, they spoke to uh, some gay rights advocates in uh it was mumbai right bombay bombay it was bombay um they went to a gay nightclub in bombay they uh spoke to uh several lesbian women in india about sort of how them being a lesbian intersects with like sexism and patriarchal patriarchal culture in india they uh went and visited a uh hijra community which is india's legally recognized third gender uh they spoke to a trans man in india and his partner and they got their chakras sorted out by some homophobic swamis (laughs) then in france um, Ian kind of like headed up this one a little bit because he had been, he, he had lived in Paris for five months as a, a young adult and like when he was still figuring out his sexuality. So he talked about that a lot. Uh, he interviewed a lot of gay men in Paris who generally speaking just thought it was a fine and dandy time to be gay in Paris. And it does seem to be, uh, generally speaking more positive than most of the places we've looked at to be gay in France. Um, but they also spoke to, um, a lesbian artist who talked about how, uh, very difficult and restrictive it was to get, uh, like fertility services in France, uh, because she and her partner wanted to have a baby, uh, and they could not do that. They had to like go to a different country to get fertility services as a lesbian couple. Um, Ian spoke with um, a trans woman 
an elderly trans woman who uh, used to be a performer in Paris. Um, they went to a, like an underground lesbian uh, like arts like performance art it was venue lesbian bisexual and transgender it was basically just not yeah welcome to cis anyone men. who's not a dude um yeah they had this uh, like underground like art events the sort of like erotic performance art slash like women only safe space that that they uh they went to and um they spoke to a uh like pretty extreme right politician who got elected in a province in France and how there's kind of a as in a lot of countries unfortunately there's a kind of nationalist movement that's trying to uh walk back the the progress that queer people have made in a lot of countries in the last decade or so Yeah, that was these two episodes. Good explanation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows that have only lasted for a single season. We are currently covering season two of Elliot Page's and Ian Daniels' Gaycation. You already did that. I didn't say that, though. You did. I didn't. I you did. You did. You I did. I just did, like, a Christmas fun song. <laughs> People know what we're covering. It's in know. the title. I just, I just felt like I should say it. I like it was bugging me. Yeah. I, I yeah. think you did, in fact, say literally that already. But anyway, uh, guess guess we're gonna talk about the show. Yeah. Um, start off with India, I suppose. Um, gosh, gosh, that is a complicated country. In general, but also especially through the perspective of the queer community. Yeah, it seems that way to us specifically because we are like white American people and India is, well, it it contains like dozens and dozens of different cultural groups. Right. And all of them have been there since like the dawn of civilization, basically. So the things that are ingrained in that culture are just so fundamentally different from Western culture that it's, it's very difficult for a Western person to go there and analyze. But uh, like a strong theme throughout was kind of the, the influence of uh, colonization by Great Britain, uh, which put in place a lot of very Western laws and norms and expectations that India is both affected by and trying to, like, resist simultaneously. So, and that was just laid on top of um, sort of, like, Indian cultural things that we don't have, like the caste system and mm. like uh, the tradition of arranged marriage, sure. uh, which is still very, very prominent in India. Uh, there was a really interesting segment where they 
spoke to uh, a gay man and his parents, and his mother was pretty fine with the fact that he was gay. Like, it was clear that she had kind of, like, gone through a journey of, like, learning to accept him. But, like, she was pretty, like, supportive in the current state of things. And she had put a, um, like, their version of, like, a a personal ad out Mm -hmm. to try to find a, a partner for him in the way that heterosexual couples or heterosexual individuals do in India all the time to try to arrange suitable matches. And it became like kind of a, a a lightning rod of controversy that she had done this. And to be clear, she was, she put the ad in the paper looking for a man for her son. She was, she wasn't trying to permission. Yes. 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 Yeah. 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 He was aware and like had given his blessing for his mom to do this. But, um, yeah, it was it was a really interesting uh, kind of confluence of like extremely traditional like Indian expectations and like the sort of like newfound acceptance that gay people are starting to have in especially more metropolitan areas in India. Uh, so that was very interesting, and I think a. a a good example of just like the different expectations that we have around relationships. Um, <laughs> I forget who it was who remarked on this, but uh, they were saying like, yeah, it's, it almost seems more important to this man's mother that he get married than that he get married to a woman or that he fall in love at all. Like he's just expected to get married. It doesn't matter who he marries. That's just so ingrained in their expectations. I mean, there's a, you know, and I don't want to infantilize a culture by any means, but there's certainly a sense to me that like they are still grappling with what this means in regard to their culture. Um, Elliot and Ian speak to um, the man who is commonly thought to be the first man in India to come out as gay. And like that man's alive and, you know, seems old, but doesn't seem like super duper old. Um, yeah. He said he came out in the eighties, like early eighties. Yeah. Right. So it's like, this has not been like a long time that people have had to kind of wrestle with this much like it has been in other, other countries that we've discussed. Um, and also it's, it's interesting. This is the first country that we've really looked at that, you know, there is this Western influence through colonialism, through imperialism, but, um, you know, that the the religion, the national religion, so to speak, that uh, Hinduism is so strong, um, like there's a strong, strong Western influence. But the like, while it, they did say that it is there, like a Christian influence didn't really take hold the way it did in other places. Um, so it. To me, it just felt a lot like, you know, of course, that there were there were, you know, many people that they talked to who were suffering abuse and, you know, physical abuse and emotional abuse. Um, But more than not, it just seemed like the people who were trying to keep up the status quo just did not know what to do in this situation, did not know, you know, not that they didn't know how to be supportive. That would have been easy. But they didn't know, like, what 
what they should do if they disapproved. And, you know, that, that ranged from, you know, locking people in their rooms, which of course is emotional abuse to far more, um, harmful physical abuse. Um, it just, it, it is a, you know, it's not just the straight up and down, Oh, we'll, we'll just like disown you or we, you, you will be killed or you will have to, you know, take your own life. Like it, it was just far more complex that everyone is figuring this thing out. And unfortunately that is trending towards the negative as it will for people who are a little too stuck in their own ways. What really blew me away was that they've had this third gender for sure. Thousands of years. And like, they only seem to just be wrapping their head around like, trans people and like gay people like it it, like how do you have a third gender but not comprehend the fact that like lesbians are a thing Mm -hmm. yeah the hijra are like culturally unique to india and they I don't want to, like, take this identity out of context, but they seem to be fairly comparable to, like, what we would call trans women or, like, non-binary people, and they define themselves as, like, neither male nor female and having aspects of, like, the masculine and the feminine, and they generally, like, dress in a feminine way. Um, And as we said, India has recognized these people for like thousands of years. Like it's, there's evidence of them existing in uh, like very, very old texts. Yeah. They're in Hindu scripture and they're, they're legally like recognized in modern day. But uh, the Hijra community that uh, Ian and Elliot went to visit there was, I don't know if this is how all of them feel, but the the person they were primarily speaking to uh, said that, like, they're not part of the LGBT community. They seem to perceive themselves as a separate, like, classification of people. Um, and there's a, a really weird, uh, like, disconnect in how people treat the hijra, because I know I've I've... I've looked into, like, this concept before, and I don't want to pretend like I really meaningfully know anything about this uniquely Indian concept. But, like, the Hijra, like, are in some ways tied to, like, Hindu spirituality. Like, they are significant in the religion of India. And so, like, people will, like, approach Hijra and ask for blessings and stuff like that. But... They also don't want them like being active in society. And I'm I'm very interested to know how much of this sort of like aversion to this group of people is because of colonialism or if it was always like that, if there was always this kind of like outsider mentality, it's it's really unique. It's really not something that we have any like analog for in the US. So it was it was really fascinating to kind of see 
the perspective of this community on like their own identities and their place or lack thereof in the LGBT community. Um, they speak to a, a yogi um, who is, you know, one of the most prominent, uh, I guess, spiritual leaders in India. Um, yeah. Who has, who has he's said gotta, that, he's got a mega church. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, who said that you can cure gayness with yoga. Um and, and aligning chakras and things like that. Um, and it's, it's a lot of the same of what we have seen of just like, you know, luster and, and, and very, you know, a lot of oomph until, you know, Oh, well we're gay. And it's like, well, I mean, you could do, you be whatever you want, but you know, the people that come to me, like they, you know, I want to help them. If they want me to help them, then I'll, I'll help them. And like, yeah, is that it's, same it's, ass thing where you, if you confront yeah. a homophobe, they're like, uh, well, you know, I don't have a problem with you. You do, right. you do what right. you want. We just have a difference of opinion. Uh, right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He definitely goes very hard and like, it's just, you know, it's, it's unnatural. It's, I mean, if you want to be a homosexual, this is, this is his words. If you want to be homosexual, that's fine, but it's just not, it's not natural and it, you cannot produce a child and it's just like India the would same. be better. He yes. said something like that, which is like, what the fuck? Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. it was, it was a very like weird mix of him thinking that he was threading the needle of like saying things like in an appropriate way, which granted for this culture and for India, maybe that's, you know appropriate it certainly was not like threading that needle as well to a uh an american audience uh by any means but yeah this is um this is a thing that that french politician brought up not to jump ahead to france but um we were talking about this as we were watching the episode that a lot of people bring up this like, well, gay people can't reproduce and therefore it's not a, a natural relationship. And that has always seemed like such an asinine argument to me because by that logic, also no one who has fertility problems should be allowed to marry. And also you should be forced to divorce as soon as you hit 65. And, like it, this is just such a, such an arbitrary line that people seem... And people bring it up all the time, like homophobic people specifically when they're sure. like advocating against gay relationships. It's like, oh, well, you can't produce a child that way. Um, I, I mean, I don't like. I, I don't know how they feel about being in a relationship when you have fertility issues, but something that has struck me in the recent um, what's her face, uh, Amy, Amy, Amy Kalanapin baloney um amy coney barrett i'm talking about um <laughs> I, I was like who the what amy the what <laughs> I'm sorry. she's one of those people that i just try and get her name wrong um oh like uh, uh like a uh, tori tori lasagna mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um no so i i have like recently and and maybe maybe y'all can speak to this if you have you have like understanding about it but like even even that politician in France talks about how like it's not just for, you know, there's this big discussion about reproductive rights and rights for um, lesbian women, which you talked about, Evan. But the 
the politician in, in France did not stop there. Like he was like, no, like no assisted um, pregnancy at all. Like, yeah, he, he was extremely anti uh, like medical intervention for fertility. And he didn't say specifically for gay people, but I assume he means specifically for gay people. I don't assume he means that straight people are not allowed to have medically assisted like fertility options. I, I but, didn't think that was an issue, but apparently for like a lot of evangelical or strictly conservative people, um, that is also like a no, no, like any kind of um, fertility treatment or things like that, which like, again, I don't, I don't think those people are saying they, that you shouldn't be able to be married, which is what you're saying to gay people. But it is certainly like there, there's, there's bullshit up and down the board. It would appear around everything that, that, factors into this thing and and as for like being over 65 i think they just would assume that you wouldn't want to have sex anymore there's just there's, there's just no sex allowed after that point um, um yeah i thought we had gotten over that just as a global society because like the first ivf baby was born in like the early 90s late 80s early 90s something like that and of course everyone was like freaking out at the time but i just thought we had kind of gotten over that you would think right like that yeah. it's just like it, it is like in favor of procreation of like we just want to make a baby which is like your whole bag it's just like yeah. let's get more and more humans created through the magic of childbirth like why would you i guess there's something to like the the you know the eggs that don't make it or the sperm that don't make it. I like kind of doubt it, to be honest with you. I kind of yeah. doubt that that's what it is. I think they just okay. really hate women. Yeah. That's, no, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I, they I do. Don't, I'm not, they do. Yeah, I'm not in the brains of these people, so I don't sure. know, like, what their exact rationale is. But, yeah, it's deeply ironic that they're like, well, this is this relationship is bad because you can't right. produce children. Right. And then when you say we can produce children, actually, because we've got these neat labs now they're like no also though not right. that <laughs> that's not yeah. allowed <laughs> um yeah it's yeah. it's strictly strictly from a basis of just like we want you to suffer now we're gonna do this oh you figured out a way around that suffering oh well here's a suffering roadblock to put in your like it's it's it is it is gotten to the point and it has always been very obvious for people who are you know the victims of this, but it has certainly gotten to the point where the, the stuff, the, the forced like suffering, the, the um, objectifying, the, the oppression is just so transparent and gross. And it's like, you just give up the goat, just give up the goat and go live in a cave with all your weird, uh, you know, same believing people. Yeah. Then there's also, and this was brought up in the France episode as well, the uh, very, very common practice of forcing trans people to be medically sterilized mm -hmm. before they can have their documentation changed, which, yeah, how's that fit into this whole thing? Yeah, you, we want you to have babies, but only in the way we think you should have babies, only if you're not a weirdo, you know, we don't want you having weird babies with your weird body. The uh, trans men that Ian talked to at the pool oh, yeah. had a lot of wisdom and they said a lot in like pretty short clips, but, um, this is in France also. This Sorry. Was it, yeah. we're, we're doing a, we're doing a, a mixed bag now where we keep skipping ahead to France. I but, think we can just talk about France. Yeah. Um, where they, they talked about how 
the French government brags about being this pillar of freedom and how they have this long history of freedom and French people are so proud of all of their freedoms, but it's total bullshit because of, and they went on a, uh, he, he like listed out like a bunch of shit that queer people face in France. And, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, very relevant to America, which also brags about how free we are and look at all of our freedom and we're going to go spread freedom because we just got so damn much of it. And it's like, yeah, but like black people keep getting murdered by police in the street and, uh, our Supreme Court is stacked in a horrible fashion and uh, it's all breaking. And also, again, like I said last time, up until the year 2017 in Maryland, an extremely blue state, you also had to be medically sterilized before you could have your documentation changed. Uh, and that is, I'm sure, still true in a lot of states. I don't know. I don't live there. But um, yeah. Um, freedom. Eh. Another thing he said was that uh, with being a trans man, he does not consider himself part of the LGBTQ community because that community is only for uh, white, cis, rich men, a uh, gay man, which and is true. That specifically, trans men are invisible. Yeah, that is true. I mean, in greater or lesser extents, depending on where you are, America is huge. Um, but that has historically been true in the U.S. as well. Like, a lot of the problems in France are kind of reflected in the U.S. Uh, for a good long while, and th things are, are beginning to change now, but for a good long while, um, the LGBT community was really the gay and white and uh, straight passing community. Like it was fine to be gay as long as you were a man and you didn't make waves and you didn't have an effeminate voice and um, you golfed on the weekends with your other male coworkers. You can maybe have an effeminate voice if you were funny. Yes. Yeah. Or in an, uh, in a quote unquote effeminate industry like the theater or in fashion or something like that, yeah. which made you which made you oodles and oodles of hairdresser. I'm not even like that. I think that's even more recent because like it didn't make you oodles and oodles of money like the top three or four theater producers or like the four fashion producers who were extremely rich. And OK, well, we're just not going to, you know, can't oppress you because you're rich and white. A big a big theme of the France episode was these two parallels between uh, the different prides. And like the episode started with Ian talking to different groups of young, attractive, white gay men talking about how great France is to be gay. And then Ian talking to anyone who is queer, but not that identity and hearing about how rough it is. And there's these two running prides there's pride and then there's night pride mm -hmm. which night pride was being run by a muslim refugee to france who is gay and a man of color and um i'm not sure that he was like a practicing muslim he was from lebanon i, I thought he said he was islamic they did speak to uh 
a, a gay man who was a like a practicing Muslim. Okay. And I'm sorry. Anyway, carry on. Um. But uh, night pride. Yeah this this idea of night pride was started by him because he kept getting like talked over because he was trying to make pride too political, which like fucking wild that pride isn't allowed to be political. And he just realized that like the voices that need to be lifted up are not being lifted up at pride because pride has just become a party. Um, and, uh, I forget who it was, but one of the people they talked to said that marriage equality was like the worst thing to happen because it, it galvanized the right where they all marshaled up and got super serious about fighting back and the most privileged in the queer community stopped the fight because they had made it. The, uh, that was, that was brought up by the, the, uh, trans men at, at the pool, at the, uh, at the pool. Yeah. They, these, they, these, these I, wise pool trans so men. wise. And I was hard, like they, they actually at like, Every time they, they interview someone like this, it's like, do you see this changing? And for the most part, people were like, well, I have hope. Well, I'm you know, I, I think that we can we can work towards it. And these trans men were just like, I, I cannot even fathom. They say it is unfathomable that we could see a change. That's how bad things are. And it's it, it was just and, and they, they, you know, didn't say that in like despair. They just said that like it was, you know. The, the thing that they think every Tuesday while they're at the pool, like it, it just, it was, it was heartbreaking. Um, there's a lot, you know, even, even more with the marriage equality stuff. They, they talked to a, um, a gay man who is a practicing Muslim and an immigrant, um, into France and how, I didn't quite understand it, but the gist I got was that because he was not a naturalized French citizen, the marriage equality did not extend to him. And so he would not be allowed to marry his partner. Um, which is just, it, it is, it is so like you, you hear these and, and granted some of them are these like, you know, very far right Trump type people who are saying, you know, we are French above all else we are french all these other identities should be quiet and kept kept hidden away and you could still have them but don't don't make them higher than your it is very america first like like all of that but almost to like i don't know like like at such an intense degree and also it's like like the one guy was talking about like, oh, that's not our history. Our history was very Judeo-Christian. It's like your history is that of the guillotine, my friend. <laughs> like like very yeah, recently. France, France been there a long time, my guy. Which yeah. parts of France? Which parts of France which were occupied by which nations at which times? Exactly. Like, well, something that got me up in arms, uh, not to mention just real quick, if you know your history, Frederick von Steuben was a French general who was very gay and had a bunch of gay sex with all the founding fathers. Um, and like what, which French history you're talking about where you're all heterosexual one. And then two y'all like France, England, and Spain were, I, you know, as far as I know with my European history, like the three biggest colonizers in Europe going to other places and making colonies and doing horrible, awful shit. 
So like really France now all of a sudden you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa we're only about France and only only naturally born French people can be in France. It's like, weren't you the people going and spreading your freedom and your Frenchness everywhere? Uh, now all of a sudden you can't like have immigrants come in and get married. Fucking hypocrites. It is very interesting because this was filmed in like 2016 looking at, it's almost like a time capsule of the like far right sentiment that we know has emerged since then. And I mean, you can see it happening in the show because they're Mm -hmm. interviewing politicians like Bolsonaro and like this French fellow whose name I don't remember. He was not as significant. Bolsonaro is the president of Brazil now, but this guy was like the mayor of a small town in France or something. They they do show a clip from Marine Le Pen who is, who was in, I think their election was in 2017, 2018. Um, who narrowly lost to uh, uh, Macron, uh, Emmanuel Macron, uh, and there was there was a, a you know between the election that happened in Italy behind, behind between the election that had happened in France and the, between the elect the not necessarily election but the appointing of Boris Johnson in England, it was like it was it was going to be a a far right conservative sweep through all of Europe and. You know, Emmanuel Macron is not uh, some progressive uh, bastion, but uh, but he he definitely stemmed the tide of uh, of what was going to be happening. Um, he kind of was was the the lone uh, the lone uh, you know liberal voice in all of that, and it could have been could have been way worse. Yeah. But anyway, we know what we know what we did in 2016. We know what all of us over here did. Oh yeah, no. with the Trump situation. Yeah, so it's uh, in a different way, a little bit stressful watching. It's almost like um, it's bringing up a lot of stuff that we all saw happening in 2016 that we had convinced ourselves wasn't going to happen, and then it did. Right. So, and it's even it's it, you know I don't want to. We, we've talked about how this show is full of hope aside from, you know, the, the heartbreaking moments, but it's even like, you know, we're fighting for this thing and we're constantly fighting. And yet this far right idea, which is, is, you know, far more far right here in America than it is in Europe, granted, but it's still real bad, like get to set the tone of progress and get to set the tone of the debate. And even when Emmanuel Macron get in there and when, even when whoever replaces Boris Johnson gets in there and even when Joe Biden gets in there, it's still going to be like such a a treating these huge problems that affect millions of people with kitty gloves because, you know, we can't upset the, the, the Trump supporters that we want to be on our side in 2024 or whatever. Like it is it is maddening and, and very frustrating that like. Even when we win, we 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 don't. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that that is that is not we that still point. Have to, not, we still have to appease these people, right? Right. Yeah. Like, which is like, you know, I'm I'm beating my head against the wall because this is not anything new. But it's like that's that's not a. There's no. There were no think pieces in 2016 of like, well, now how can Trump voters and the Trump administration reach out to Clinton voters and and Sanders voters and really understand what it's like? No, that that's not. That is not what it happens. It is a battering ram 
And when we get in there, it's, you know, us just kind of like pushing the battering ram slightly further back. Like it's. Uh. The, the India episode was really interesting because it was so different and it was such a different culture and mm-hmm. world. And I think the French episode was. Oh, it's different and intriguing because it was it felt so close to home. It felt so American. Mm-hmm. Um, God, like I keep thinking of that mayor and he just kept talking about, you know, French and the French identity. And, you know, only 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 the French identity matters. It's like, yeah, but there are gay people in France, my dude. Right. Like there are brown people in France and like that is part of their French identity. That is just as French to them as your croutons. Is that a French thing? I don't know. Croissants. Like their their queerness is just as French to them as your croissants is. Right. Like that that trans beauty queen was like doing shit in the 50s. Like she's been French longer than you've been alive, my guy. Right. And she's been trans the whole time. Like it, it's it, I mean, it is just it is the identity politics discussion and the fact that that white cishet man cannot see that those are all an identity and not just the default good person. Um, you know, the the ideal human is just it, it is it is something that I don't I. I don't know if they refuse to understand. I mean, they definitely refuse to understand, but I don't know if they're physically able to either. It's it's just like that is that is such a stumbling block. The the ignorance of their own history is something that is yeah. so astounding to me too because they like the right always prides itself on national identity and history and like Ted Cruz when Elliot confronted him about uh, you know, discrimination, and he was like, "Oh, well, the, the, the Christians are discriminated against." And Elliot was like, "My guy, like, gay people were getting arrested in this country like forty like, years ago, yeah. like, like thirty, forty years ago, like Stonewall was not that long ago, like, and he just had no clue. He had no idea that that was a thing, that these vice squads were a thing. Like, he just had no idea." Um. Yeah, they 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 don't know their own shit. Well, that's I mean, that's never been what it's actually about. That's a a dog whistle well, sure. they use. Tradition. To, yeah, right. yeah, tradition and faith and right. national pride and all that stuff. Right. I mean, it's not that is the veneer that they put on to make their perspective seem more palatable. Right. That's not really what it's about. I mean, well, it, it's just it, about like stopping people they think are weird from right. having rights. It's and it's just about moving not forward. It's about moving on. And OK, that was in the past. We're going to move on. We're just going to, you know, we're going to not take any of that into account, but we're just going to keep moving on. And that leaves people behind because there are policy reasons why people are left behind. And that's all part of the plan <laughs> to just move on and move forward in just a very homogenous group while people are left behind and say, well, that was in the past. We're, we're moving forward. We're, we're, we're beyond that. 
I, I uh, mean, I actually bringing people with them. I genuinely wonder how many of these people are grifters too. Like, um, that, that, that little twerp in Congress, Paul Ryan, there we go. <laughs> like Paul Ryan just disappeared. Yeah. Like he got out of there and he fucking disappeared. Ted Cruz been licking Trump's boots ever since Trump called his wife ugly and said his dad was a murderer. Like Marco Rubio, like these guys who talk about like this big tough game and talk about having principles and values and saying for truth, justice in the American way and apple pie. And it's like, you motherfuckers, where are you? Where's your spine? Where was it the last four years? And so when they talk about this, you know, their opposition to queer people and queer identities, and they talk about wanting to defend, you know, tradition and values, where are they when their party is, you know, being taken over by QAnon? They're making a bunch of money in the private sector. Oh like, yeah, like it, that, I mean that's that's all the, it comes these down people to. Are, is, these people are millionaire millionaires. Right, They're not right. just regular millionaires. <laughs> um, it's it is it, it it is something that that strikes me even when it comes to like the quote unquote evangelical vote. It's like I don't other than because you know they generally hate women, um, even the women uh, in the Republican Party. Like it's. It's less about, oh, it's, we, we believe in the sanctity of life and not abortion. It's just that, well, if we say we're cool with abortion, we're going to lose this vote, which means we're going to lose power, which means it's going to be less likely that I'm going to be able to, you know, hobnob with uh, the Koch brothers and make a bajillion dollars after this. Like, it is all about power. It is all about money. And it's just like for people who are so like supposedly in touch with like a spiritual side or, or a Christian side, like. There's just no eye on, like, I'm not even saying eternity, just like long term. Like, it's just about getting me to point from point A to point millionaire without really giving a shit about what I'm leaving in my wake. Y'all, we should have sold out and just made a bunch of money. What were we thinking? I know. Yeah, we could be conservative influencers right now. We could be uh, Abby Shapiro. Dummies. Hey, uh, the, the mattress podcast people, I'll suck your dick for that spot. Oh my gosh. Hey, my pillow guy. Hey, my pillow guy. What do you believe in? I'll believe in whatever you believe in. Give me a. Yeah. He's bad. Oh, no, is he? I don't know. Oh, yeah. no, I know. That's, this is the joke. This is the joke, people. Um,. Can I just say, as an aside, the uh, the chakra balancing anti-gay sex box they put Ellen in, or I'm sorry, um, Elliot in, in India, looks like one of those plug-in home saunas that you can get on Amazon.com for like $995. Pretty yeah, sure that's that... what it was. Pretty sure they just retrofitted a plug-in home sauna into a chakra balancing anti-gay sex box machine. It also that, clearly didn't fucking work. Yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> they just made him queerer. Right. That's where it all started in India in the chakra balancing sex box. It was That's a very, when he very discovered good he line. Was trans. Yeah. It's a very good line where they talk about how they actually got the meeting with this yogi. And they said they woke up extra early, still gay, 
(laughs) (laughs) And went and visited. We have a lot to look forward to next week. We have the Deep South. Mm. And then we have the Trump special. Yeah. Mm. I will. I will say if we're gonna if we're gonna be wrapping up soon to to talk about things that are a little lighter, um, they they introed the French episode with uh, Ian Daniel on a on a nude beach or at least nude on a beach, um, <laughs> with with another with another gentleman who was nude, and they you know we didn't we didn't get any any dicks, um, but when um, they were jumping off of a rock into the into the uh, into the ocean or Riviera or whatever, and they didn't blur butts, but they blurred Ian Daniel like slightly below his butt from behind between his legs, as if to be like, "There's there's dick here too," and it was just it was a lot. It was it was just <laughs> Ian Daniel was hung, hung, hacking. Um, that just that 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 tickled me. <laughs> I cannot say I was paying that close attention to uh, the naked butt crotch blurring uh, vibe. I was watching on my phone at that point, so the screen was very close to my face. Mm. Enhance, enhance. Enhance, enhance, enhance. <laughs> pinch zoom, pinch zoom, pinch butt. Uh, I would have loved to see that, um, that uh, chakra balancing uh, healing session if the uh the dudes administering it had not known that sure. Ian and Elliot were queer you know i just would have loved to go into that in a blind trial style approach where they're like hey see if you can see what's up with my chakras guy <laughs> let's let's do some chakra yeah. stuff i'm i'm not going to like you know bash on this thing that is is a part of like I w- I assume this is part of Hindu religion, or oh, it might I'm be not, just something. I actually don't know. This has been yeah. so. Um, this has been so uh, like appropriated by white sure, people, like sure. the chakra thing, that I actually don't know what the cultural origin of it is. But these two dudes were clearly grifters. Well, like, that's the thing. It's yeah, just like, I don't. It, I'm sure whatever they would have like walked in with, it is like horoscopes where it would be just general enough for them to say, you know, I guess they're me and the. We're queer. I guess they know. As soon as you say that you've cured blood cancer by... Oh, my gosh. uh, By yoga, like, I get to make fun of you. I just get to. Those are the rules. Well, he said, like, totally... I've I've, I've cured cancer, blood cancer, and I was like, weird that specifically it's blood. Like, that that almost gives me more, like... He's like, there was just, like, these two people I cured... And then he goes... Blood cancer, also breast cancer, also this can, and it's like, okay, you're just this is this is HIV. Nothing. It's just yeah. like, yeah, like spiritually, I'm gonna respect anyone's spiritual beliefs um, and cultural beliefs. Like, I totally get that that's important, but once you uh, start telling me that you have cured blood cancer with yoga and that you can make me not be queer anymore by realigning my chakras, I get to make fun of you. Also, uh, this Swami fellow, um, is a millionaire. Yeah. He's got this multi-million dollar product line and this, uh, this like manufacturing facility where he makes like branded, like snacks and branded beauty products and stuff like that. 
And like, maybe he started from like a genuine position at some point. Maybe he was sincere in whatever like beliefs he had at the beginning. But like, this is a corporation now. Like what he is selling is like a brand. He's And he is selling it. He's not, I mean, he's clearly important in India. He's got his own TV show. A lot of people believe in him very sincerely. But the dude is like manufacturing snacks with his face on them. You know, this is some righteous gemstone shit. Yeah, this is this is this is why I said that he has a mega church. This is sort of the their equivalent like this guy's equivalent of like our like gigantic televised mega churches in America. And it's just very difficult for me to take any of that um as a sincere expression of faith. I'm afraid of the deep south, y'all. Not like in general. Um, even though kind of I am, but specifically this episode that's coming up. There's uh and again, I haven't watched it in a while, but this is my third watch through. So I, I remember parts of it. There's some really interesting cool stuff in the deep south um there's uh ian visits a town where they say that every night all of the men become gay as soon as the sun goes down and it's in like i don't know kentucky or some shit um sounds like all the men are just gay all the time (laughs) um and there's like uh like there's a there's a bunch of interesting cool stuff in that episode. There's also some horrific shit. Yeah. Ooh. What are we doing next? Do we already talk about that? I think it's Evan's pick. It is Evan's. I'm pick. considering. I'm not make. I'm not calling this officially. I'll call it the next episode. We've got one more episode. I'm considering terriers. Um, I've heard good things. Yeah, there's, uh, there was one or two other things I was also looking at. Like I said, I don't have an official decision made yet, but Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm looking at options right now. Absolutely. I need something a little bit lighter than this. Don't get me wrong. I think it's important to talk about queer issues and this is a great opportunity to talk about queer stuff and like what a, uh, a surprising and also like timely thing that we chose to do it right when yeah. Elliot decided to come out. I had a fucking vision. Yeah. I'm a goddamn saint. Yeah. I think. Do I write the Pope? Is that how I get my saint plaque? Probably. This counts as a miracle, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, is <laughs> my third confirmed. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad we, like had the opportunity to talk about this, but I need a show that's a little bit lighter. I just want to sure. shit on a show. I just want to dunk on a, a dumb show, but also I want to enjoy watching it. Right. Well, I, w- I want to be able to, you know, not, not that we are like, uh, putting on, uh, kid gloves to, to handle vacation, but it's real life. It's, it's a documentary. It's hard for us to really critique it in any way, shape or form. Um, I am getting, I am interested in getting back to the world of maybe not taking a dump on a show, but certainly like 
critiquing what did work and what didn't work. Well, we all know that I'm no fun. This is my whole thing. I don't like anything. I hate everything. <laughs> well, I will say, too, to Gaycation, the good shows are always a little tougher to review. Yeah. Like, it's really yeah. easy to look at a show and point out what didn't work. It's a lot mm-hmm. harder to look at a show that's really fucking good that only lasted for a season, or in this case, two, and be like, yeah, it, it's a good show. It should have gotten more. Like, what else is there to say? Right. Um, no, that's fair. And, and I will say that, you know, we're definitely not covering this with kid gloves, but there's no. also really not a whole lot to, like, point out as flaws. Like, not just right. because it's real life, but also because they present it in really compelling and and right. well put together ways. Well, it's like I, I, I tweeted earlier from the ending pending account that, um, you know, if you've been following along with us or you have watched vacation or you've paid attention to Elliot Page uh, at all, you know that he does everything with so much care, so much bravery, so much thoughtfulness um, and and, you know, the the open letter that he put out today is no different and the show is clearly so carefully designed and written and edited to to you know not to, to hide anything and not to to lampshade anything but to you know share a as as honest and true an experience from these places as they can and and i think they achieve that pretty you know even when it's hard sometimes Well said, Ronnie. Well said. Thanks. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Pending Pod. You can follow us on Facebook at Pending Pod. You can follow us on Instagram at Ending Pending. Uh, send us an email, PenningPod at gmail.com. If you want to, you know, clearly Evan hasn't uh, decided on the show yet. So get your your last minute suggestions in um and follow me will... on twitter i'm just under 400 <laughs> i have like 102 followers on twitter so i'm at like be, 250 don't be maybe almost 300 follow, follow me on twitter listeners if you don't add a one hat town any do you want to plug uh a different show you're on sure yeah uh if, if you uh if you like ending pending, you might also like Force Friends Rewatch, where my buddy Ryan and I discuss Star Wars television shows, and Ronnie also does the editing job on that, and it's phenomenal. Ryan or, just sent Andy a, a robotic space cat. Yeah, I just got a robotic space cat from Batu in the mail. I'm sure that you will hear it on Force Friends Rewatch. It'll make a <laughs> noise. It's going to be great. Uh, you can also find me on um, Good Neighbors, which is an RPG podcast uh, hosted by uh, a, a friend from LARP, Leland. And Ronnie also edits that and does a really fucking good job producing it. Uh, so if you miss more of me throughout the week, there's there's other there's other Andy avenues for your Andy needs. I didn't forget that I produced both of those shows, but it certainly was not me saying, Andy, talk about your shows so you could talk more about me <laughs> and all the work I do. That was not a, a humble brag in any way, shape, or form. I will say that being that I need to edit those shows and you know listen to them multiple times every week, 
Um, I feel like my word is more valuable when I'm saying I love these shows and you should definitely go check out these shows because I've listened to them multiple times and it is a joy. It is an absolute joy in different ways for force. Fr- if you're if you're enjoying any of the Mandalorian right now uh, on Disney Plus, you need to be listening to Force Friends Rewatch. It is it Buck, is the Buck Wild how stuff is like falling together there. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you are in into actual play, if you're into spooky, scary, if you're into just like belly laughs and there's no one on Earth that is not into at least one of those things, uh, you should definitely be checking out Good Neighbors. Uh, Awesome stuff happening there, both on the story side and the production side. That was a humble brag. Yeah, Um, you're doing some fucking awesome shit, Ronnie. Yeah, I'm, I'm constantly, constantly impressed. Thank you. Uh, Evan, anything you want to plug? We haven't done plugs in a while. Um, no, not really. <laughs> you don't want to plug? I have, I have more Etsy orders than I can handle right now. I don't sure. want more. That's <laughs> don't fair. Want, That's fair. No offense, y'all. Don't buy my shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Christmas times. It's the Christmasing times. Sure, sure. Um, uh that's it that's it for me keep, keep your eye on my twitter you should follow me yeah at ron of the mill and evan say yours because i can't help you spell it uh it's thaumaturge costs like thaumaturge cosplay t-h-a-u-m-a-t-u-r-g-e-c-o-s if if anything new is happening with any of us we're gonna send it there or to the ending penning twitter so just make sure you're following those if uh, I get to 400 by this weekend, I'll punch a Republican in the face. Ooh, which one? Uh, I haven't picked yet. Ooh, exciting, exciting. <laughs> Maybe Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to drive out to California. We will hunt down Tim Allen and personally beat the shit sure. out of him. We will just corner him in an alley and beat that old man Just up. take his lunch money. Yeah. His mm-hmm, Coke money. Mm-hmm. It all comes full circle. And uh, I don't know if any of this is like a libel or something, but it's for comedy, so you can't sue us, Tim Allen. Fuck you. I don't think threats are liable. I don't know. I don't know how that's laws not work. The same. Yeah, it's not the same thing. There's, he's a public figure, though. We can say whatever we want, right? That's how that works? No, I think so. And if, and if anyone is going to argue that, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, if, if it wasn't funny, then it's not comedy. Oh, Tim Allen has some things to answer for in that case. <laughs> the, that dog movie he did. Woof-a-doofa. Oh, man. The funniest thing Tim Allen's ever done is his mugshot. He looks fucking hilarious in his mugshot. Everything else he's ever done is not funny. That's valid. Extremely valid. What do, what do we say at the end of these episodes, Andy? Uh, don't tell the boy about his dad. Or go tell the boy about his dad. Go tell the boy about his dad. Yeah. Evan, in case you don't listen, that is a, that is a sign off from a different podcast that Andy does. Oh. No one, no one in my house listens to my podcast and it breaks my heart, but it's fine. (laughs) They're all very busy. You're on a lot of podcasts, babe. No, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. You better listen to this podcast at least. Nope. (gasps) Oh. Ugh. Only, only periodically. I know Kim occasionally will tune in for an housemate. Kim, Kim yeah. only just told me that they listened to the first episode of Good Neighbors like <gasps> three days ago, That's... and they have not listened again. 
that's it's a, okay. That's a hate crime. Yeah, it's it's a homophobic choice, yeah, but you know, I'm, I'm I'm muscling through. I'm I'm hanging in. Gosh. Uh, don't tell Pawn Shop Blue. Yeah, don't tell him. <laughs>